Hi, everyone. I'm Casey. And I'm Madeline. And this is MNC Become MTs. Welcome to part two of what music therapy is. So um, if y'all didn't already listen to our part one, we go listen to that now. Highly um, recommend it. Highly recommend. We talked about um, mus- what music therapy is, ex- really what music therapy is, some different goals that we work on, where we work, people we see. Yeah, what, yeah. El- what else we talk about? The history of music therapy. Yeah. So now we are going to be talking about the different approaches in music therapy, um, which is more important for people who are looking to go study music therapy, Mm -hmm. um, like Casey said in the previous episode, because a lot of colleges um, affiliate with one tech, uh, one One approach. approach. Um, So it's important to know what you're getting yourself into when you go into that college as a so disclaimer all of these approaches are awesome there's not Mm -hmm. one that's better than another one it's just the way certain colleges and different therapists view them which is fine and like Mm -hmm. ultimately we all have the same goal is to accomplish your goals for your patient or your clients so there's not one that works better Mm -hmm. um yeah, and it's not – you're not really going to walk into a session and look at your therapist and be like, well, what approach are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you can, but most people aren't going to ask. They just work with what they have. Yeah, exactly. And in some settings, um, some approaches are better than others. Yeah, of course. Um, and so if someone specializes in a sp- specific setting, then they might only use that approach mm-hmm. because it's what works best yeah. for them. Um, yeah, like there are some neurological approaches. You're not going to use a neurological approach for someone, say you're like co-treating to with like a physical therapist trying to help them to walk. Well, maybe that's a little neurological, but yeah, you know what I mean? There definitely are certain... would use that. For okay, energy. never mind. Forget I said that. But <laughs> just basically saying there are certain approaches that work better in certain situations exactly. with very specific clients or populations. Yeah, but I guess I'm not going to go into that because clearly I don't <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. Madeline, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so I'll just uh, go over the different approaches that we'll be talking about. So we're, we'll be talking about psychodynamic music therapy, analytical music therapy, ORF shul work, community music therapy, Nordoff Robbins music therapy, or also known as creative music therapy, um, music therapy in the expressive arts. Bonnie Method of Guided Imagery and Music, Humanistic Music Therapy, Cognitive Behavioral Music Therapy, Neurologic Music Therapy, and then there's also an eclectic approach that we'll talk about at the end. So So let's start (laughs) off with psychodynamic music therapy. So for all of these approaches, I um, will be referencing the Music Therapy Handbook by Barbara Wheeler, which for any music therapy students out there, is a definite go-to. I know Mm -hmm. for, like, all of my presentations in college, um, I went – this was a go-to book for me, and same with all my uh, colleagues, uh, student colleagues. So – So what is psychodynamic music therapy? Psychodynamic music therapy um, is a music therapy informed by the psychodynamic theory – which harps on how the unconscious as well as our childhood traumas affect our present behaviors. 
Um, so what you would see most likely from a psychodynamic music therapist is that they would be focusing on the process. They would be addressing questions of meaning, recognizing the impact of the client's past experiences on their present behaviors. Um, psychodynamic music therapists also believe that the unconscious has a tremendous power over our thoughts, behavior, and feelings. And um, they also hold transference and counter-transference um, up as a major way to increase the understanding of the client. I remember reading about psychodynamic like when I was first looking at colleges. Yeah. And I thought psychodynamic was so interesting, mm-hmm. mainly just because like they focus on the process. Like a lot mm-hmm. of therapies and therapists you focus on the end goal like yeah I want to teach you how to walk that is your end goal and some Mm -hmm. people forget that there's a process like Mm -hmm. there are little things you can do and little like exciting things small victories small victories thank you yeah and I also am really interested in the whole um how our traumas affect us and Mm -hmm. our past experiences because they have such a huge effect huge on impact. our behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely take that into account. And the unconscious mind. Oh, so yeah. So that makes me think of yeah. like dreaming. And I mm. was always so interested in dreaming. So it would just mm-hmm. be so cool to do music therapy and relate it with the unconscious mind. I don't really know yeah. how that would work because yeah. I never – I didn't get a chance to study psychodynamic. I went yeah. to a school that didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But it would be really interesting to – learn more about definitely maybe like observe a session of oh yeah for sure um so then uh next we have analytical music therapy which is similar to the psychodynamic music therapy um but it uh analytic analytical music therapy directly combines music therapy and psychoanalysis So with psychodynamic music therapy, you might not necessarily use psychoanalysis. Um, So the founder of AMT, analytical music therapy, Mary Priestley, describes this approach as the symbolic use of improvised music by the therapist and the client to explore the client's inner life and provide the proclivity for growth. So she then continues that the goal is not necessarily to have a positive experience, but to remove anything from blocking the client's further development. Um, And this approach actually requires a postgraduate training program, which makes sense because psychoanalysis requires you to have your master's degree, I'm pretty sure, um, because it's so in-depth. So in-depth. It's not (laughs) something you can just learn in your four years of college. Yeah, it's not something you can, yeah, learn in learn through experience you have to be taught really how to do it um and it's not something that i've ever experienced either no unfortunately Um, hopefully we get to experience these these eventually yeah um so next we have orf schulberg schulwerk this is this is a german approach to music therapy um so i know we mentioned before Certain therapies work better with certain populations. ORF happens to be one of them. So this approach of music therapy was um, developed by Gertrude ORF, and this was to help children with different developmental delays and disabilities. 
um, following the realization that medicine alone was not significant enough to help, I guess, heal them. Hmm. So this places a huge emphasis on education. Um, I took an ORF class in college and half of the class were music therapists. The other half were education majors. Oh, so, that's so interesting. Yeah, a lot of music teachers use ORF. Um, mm-hmm. So it is interplayed with everybody. Hmm. But it uses music to improve the ability to learn in children. It also places a significant on the humanistic approach, a humanistic psychology and employs music as it means to improve the interaction between the patient and other people. Interesting. So ORF is super interesting. If nobody, if you all don't know what ORF is, it's like um, different like xylophone and like wooden xylophone instruments. Mm-hmm. Super pretty. Um, yeah. You can do so much with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since you mentioned humanistic uh, approach, I'm actually going to fast forward to yeah. that and talk about that a little bit. So um, humanistic music therapy um, as Barbara Wheeler describes, um, is the relationship in which it's a relationship in which the client is free to grow with the therapist helping to clarify awareness of inner experiences. So basically in the name humanistic becoming Mm -hmm. a human, yeah, human with it. Yeah. So it's kind of the client is, um, doing their thing and Mm -hmm. the therapist is kind of helping them along their journey. Um, She, Wheeler goes on to explain that the therapist has the client choose what musical or non-musical activity they want to do and then aids the client in expressing themselves musically and verbally through that activity. Um, In humanistic music therapy, clients are regarded as humans before anything all clients have basic agency, as Immanuel Kant puts it. They are not objects to be acted upon, but rather subjects who act. And I think that's something that everyone should, yes, should everyone believe, should, yeah. especially as music therapists. Um, all of our clients are humans first, for sure. Um, and then goals in this particular music therapy approach are based off of the client's progress towards self-actualization, Um, And self-actualization is when uh, your personal potential is fully realized. Um, The humanistic orientation also emphasizes the importance of the therapist to be genuine, non-judgmental, and empathetic so that the client feels free to express themselves. And that's something that we should all be doing also Mm -hmm. um, to help clients feel safe in their environment, um, we should not be <laughs> judgmental no, towards them totally and not. should be empathetic and genuine. So more humanistic approaches to music therapy. And we're going to talk um, a few other methods that have like encompassed the humanistic approach. You see those a lot like on the coasts. Like I know California, they take on the humanistic approach a lot. Hmm. Um, and varieties of the humanistic approach and same in like New York and like the New England area, they do a lot of different types of humanistic music therapies. Mm, um, interesting. So going into that, a more creative humanistic music therapy approach is the Nordoff Robbins music therapy approach. Um, this one, so as you all know, I'm from New York. This one is big in New York. So when I was looking for schools, all schools in New York were all Nordoff Robbins music therapy. Um, 
there's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't want to stay in New York. So that's why I went to Kentucky. But I was concerned thinking like, wow, if I study cognitive behavioral music therapy, would I be able to practice in New York? The answer is yes. There's just more testing yeah. <laughs> um, involved. So I know just in order to work in New York, you have to have a master's degree in counseling. And Madeline, you were telling me before about yeah, different there's, testing. Yeah, there's an extra test that you have to take because you you have to have the um, not only the MTBC, but mm -hmm. uh, something like a creative arts therapist license. So you have to take a test for that also. So... Which would be interesting to do, just more, yeah. just learn more. Just and I think that's a lot good testing. that they have so yeah. many um, certifications and things you have to learn before you're it a makes you therapist. Be, it makes you, like, you will... More informed. More informed, mm -hmm. and you will become, like, the best of the best. Yeah, definitely. Which is interesting. So going into a little bit of what Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy is, it is a music therapy approach based on the belief that everyone processes a sensitivity to music that can be utilized for both personal growth and development. Um, so this form of treatment, clients take an active role in creating music together with their therapist. Um, this practice is both artistic and scientific, um, artistic in the way that creative creativity and and aesthetic sensitivity with the therapist create music to meet the individual client needs um and it's scientific in the way that, in the thoroughness which they record each session and each session is studied and documented to learn about the effect and ongoing assessment and treatment planning in each mm. in each patient or client which i think is really interesting mm -hmm. how they do that um, in this approach, it's also based off of based on techniques that allow clients to become active and successful participants. Through this interaction, therapists support and enhance the client's expressive skills and their ability to relate to others. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. I really like Nordoff Robbins' approach. Mm -hmm. um, so, moving on to the next one, um, also very humanistic orientation. Uh, community community music therapy, which is a newer approach, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I was reading in the Barbara Wheeler music therapy handbook, there's actually, like, debate amongst music therapists on whether really? or not this is, like, a real thing. A good enough approach. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. Well, because it's so new. I personally mm -hmm. never heard of it until Madeline told me about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is actually a rights-based and culture-centered approach to music therapy that utilizes collaborative music making, emphasizes social inclusion, and attends to people who are disadvantaged. Interesting. Very interesting. So it's very goal-specific music therapy. Like, yes. their specific goals emphasize on social inclusion. And yes, exactly. I think I think it's more like they, through music making, they emphasize social inclusion um, in their various interventions that gotcha. they're doing. Okay. They just, like, that's their mindset, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and they have an acronym that goes along with the approach that kind of describes what it is. And that acronym is PREPARE. So many acronyms. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> and that stands for participatory. Um, so the clients are participating and actively participating in the session. Resource-oriented, ecological, 
performative, activist, reflective, and ethics-driven. Interesting. Yes. I'm curious to hear the debates on this one. Yeah. Not that we, we're, we're not going into politics here, but I'm just curious to see what <laughs> other people say about it. Yeah. Well, you can read my book uh, yeah. after this. I will. Yeah, I'll it read doesn't it. go way into it, but it is interesting. All right. So I'll go into another um, music therapy approach. I really love this one. This is the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music. So I actually, I'm, I wasn't trained in the Bonnie method, but I use a lot of her studies in my sessions. So the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music, also known as the GIM, another acronym, it is a music-centered death approach to transformational music therapy or transformational therapy that uses selective, selected sequences of classical, specifically classical music in order to support the generation and move, movement through inner experiences. Through this approach, the music serves as a catalyst and container for imagery that allows one access to explore both depths and the heights of the human experience. Um, so go, I know that was a lot of words. So to go a little more into this, I'm like on how a session of the Bonnie method would look. So typically these sessions begin um, with just general conversation during which the therapist assess the mood and energy level of the client and selects the music based on all of this. So that's basically what we do in every session. We assess the mood. And then from there, we either do our intervention planned or throw it out the window and do something else mm-hmm. based on what they want. Um, after that, the client then reclines as the therapist um, offers suggestions for relaxing the body and focusing the mind in preparation for the music. And then once the music begins, the therapist does not make any suge- suggestions as it is typical in other forms of imagery with music. Instead, the client takes the therapist along on his or her journey by describing the experiences it unfolds. Hmm. So it's really interesting. You're just going through a journey and basically telling the story of this classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, in this type of session, the therapist's role is one of is more of a facilitator or a witness to yeah. support the client's engagement with whatever experience they come. Mm-hmm. Um, these sessions... Um, take about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and after that list, you listen to music for about 30 to 45 minutes. And then after that, the therapist will facilitate, um, a return to awakening consciousness and the client and therapist review their session together. Hmm. So it reminds me a lot of like, when you're talking to like a psychologist and you're going to a session like that, mm-hmm. except put music in it and like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think the body method is so interesting yeah, and is. really explores just creativity and like what your mind is thinking. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. Um, I honestly, this podcast was so great because I really am interested in learning mm-hmm. about all the different approaches and I already knew about a lot of them, but I didn't know all these specific specific details, details about them. Yeah, yeah. So this was really cool preparing for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that the woman who created the Bonnie Method was actually of a humanistic orientation to music therapy before she created it. So. Um, that's probably why when you said um, 
that the client kind of acts acts as a facilitator because mm-hmm. it goes along with that's exactly approach. what they do in humanistic yeah so it all ties together and then you all probably notice all of these approaches they do they're yes they're different but they do tie together mm-hmm. yeah exactly um so on to the next one on to the next one um music a little less humanistic oh no we didn't do no it yeah, so Sorry. I was gonna I was gonna talk about music therapy and expressive arts, um, so still kind of humanistic orientation. Um, so expressive so <laughs> expressive arts therapy includes uh, visual arts, music, dance, drama, photography, and filmmaking, which I did not know. I didn't know that either. That's <laughs> writing, yeah, writing, literary art. Um, to creatively express thoughts, feeling ex- thoughts, feelings, experiences, and trauma, um, and various the various modalities of this therapy, um, all the ones that I just listed, are often combined to create a multi-sensory experience and therapy. So this is actually the approach that our internship takes. If it you is. look on their website, it says. Yeah. Music therapy, expressive arts therapy. Yeah, and we're called Louisville Expressive Louisville Therapies. Louisville Expressive Therapies, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, – and one of our supervisors actually identifies as an expressive arts mm-hmm. therapist because she is primarily a music therapist but also um, dabbles in some art therapy, which is informed by the art therapist yep. that she co-treats with. Mm-hmm. So she's not just, like, randomly doing art therapy. Yeah. It's informed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's this, this actually super fun. Yeah, like an expressive one. arts therapy. You can you can study to be an expressive arts therapist, yes. which is something I recently discovered too. Um, so yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Fun. So now going into a little less humanistic approaches, but still fun. Um, I mentioned before I in New York, everything is like Nordoff Robbins. So I came to school obviously at University of Louisville. We had the cognitive behavioral approach to music therapy, which I really liked. So also known as CBT, more acronyms. Mm-hmm. So CBT <laughs> focuses on challenging and changing cognitive distor- distortations and behaviors, improving the emotional regulation. Reg- I can't speak. Improving the emotional. Please. Regulation. Thank you. <laughs> and the develop development of a person's coping strategies that target solving current problems. Um, so this approach is based on several core principles, including the physio- physiological problems that are based in part on facility or unhelpful ways of thinking. Physi- physiology. Oh my goodness. Psychological. Psychological problems that are based on learned patterns of unhelpful behavior and also people suffering from psychological problems that can be learned um, in better ways of coping with them, thereby relieving their symptoms and becoming more effective in their lives. Um, So basically CBT works, um, CBT efforts, we work in changing thinking patterns. Mm -hmm. So some of these patterns might include learning to recognize one's distortions and thinkings that are creating problems and learn to reevaluate them in a different light of reality. Um, We also work in gaining a better understanding of different behaviors and motivation of others. 
We do some problem-solving skills to cope with these different situations and learning to develop a greater sense of confidence in one's own ability. Hmm. So that's what I studied in school. Um, It was awesome. I love CBT. CBT. Madeline, what did you study in school? Yeah, so I studied neurologic music therapy, which is very different. Very different. (laughs) Um, So uh, NMT. Um, Michael Tout, who is the founder of NMT, explains this approach to be a research-based system of standardized clinical techniques based on diagnostics and functional goals of individual patients which use music for sensory motor, speech and language, and cognitive training. So um, neurologic music therapists use the Rational Scientific Mediating Model, um, or RSMM, to better understand our brain's response to music so that we can make an evidence-based connection between musical and non-musical behaviors. So it's very scientific. Very scientific. I um, love it. I love everything about the brain. Yeah, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of different techniques within M- NMT, which focus on sensory motor rehab, speech and language rehab, and cognitive rehab. Um, I can just list a few of those because there are like 20 of them. Um, so... Let's see. Sensory motor rehab. One of those is therapeutic instrumental music performance or TIMP. Um, And speech and I'll just say one from each speech and language rehab. There is therapeutic singing, which common misconception. I often commonly misconception. Construed. Construed this. There it is. Me helping you with words now. (laughs) This this is not singing for social, cognitive, or emotional goals. Rather, it is specifically targeting the physiological mechanisms of singing, such as speech and language initiation, development, and articulation, as well as functioning of the respiratory system. That's very interesting. Yeah. And then there's, uh, in cognitive rehab, there's a lot, but musical (laughs) attention control training or MACT is one that I used a lot for when I was working in the school um, for working on attention skills with children. Um, so yeah. (laughs) So as you can see, we both had very different trainings, Mm -hmm. but it's awesome because even with two completely different trainings, we're still able to work together and me and Madeline co-treat on almost everything. And it's, it's cool to learn her approach and how she does things. And we kind of just bounce off each other. Yeah. And learn from each other. While being in an internship with a totally different framework, which is awesome. We're just learning everything. Yes. Um, so kind of going off of that, the eclectic approach kind of goes into um, everything, a bunch of different, yeah. so you can kind of like pick and choose because there are limitations mm-hmm. to all the approaches. Um, some work better for some clients than others. Um, so I personally align with the eclectic approach. I also do. Because I was, uh, educated in NMT, but I also appreciate all the other approaches, yeah. you know, so I really like the eclectic approach. So yeah, like Madeline said, it really like it's all the different approaches kind of combined into one. You kind of like pick and choose what you 
yeah. work with. So unless I you I, haven't been trained, unless you haven't been trained, do not specifically do an approach you haven't been trained. On. Yeah, <laughs> just like don't be a doctor if, if you needs, haven't gone to yeah med school. If it requires that extra mm-hmm. training, then that's not within yeah. your scope of practice, mm-hmm. and that's not okay. So don't do that. <laughs> but like Madeline doing some CBT stuff. She doesn't need additional training. It can just as be like – As long as I've studied. Unless, as long yeah. as you study. And that would be the same thing if I study some NMT stuff. It would yeah. be the same thing. If, as long as you study and fully understand the method, mm-hmm. you can do it. But mm-hmm. like Nordoff Robbins where you need additional training, mm-hmm. you do that training. And then you can still use it. Yeah. All righty. All righty. Well, so that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. Thank you all for listening. And we hope this was helpful. So anybody – thinking of going into music therapy, um, these different approaches are things you're going to see on mm-hmm. your college of choice website. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you read into all of them to figure out what exactly you want to be educated in. Mm-hmm. And like we said, even if you studied one thing in college does not mean you can't study different approaches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So that's all. Yeah, <laughs> we'll that's see all, all for next today. Week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.